everybody. Welcome to the Finger Guns Podcast, episode 57. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I am joined this week by Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. How are you, mate? I am very well, thank you. Good. I, I've just consumed quite a large pint. Large pint? A normal a pint. pint. <laughs> a, large, a, a normal pint of ice cream, Ben and Jerry's. And oh. you, you may hear that squeaking noise. The guinea pigs are back in the house. Hey! <laughs> did I even yep. leave or do you know they left they went outside they went into the shed but a couple of them have managed to come back into the house um so do not adjust your sets if you if it sounds like your car wheels about to fall off don't worry it's not your car wheels squeaking <laughs> it is the guinea pigs in the background and i apologize for that yeah if you're listening to this while driving it's okay it's just <laughs> sean's guinea pigs i mean we can't say that for sure it might be your car you might want to check it out but <laughs> oh my god <laughs> we are now liable <laughs> what happened man what happened oh the podcast said it was guinea pigs <laughs> I just ignored the fire because I thought it was a guinea pig <laughs> could you imagine the lawsuits we're going to get <laughs> anyway if it sounds like your car's going to fall apart you know it's probably not but if it's on fire please do get that checked out um <laughs> <laughs> that isn't a guinea pig, or or maybe it is just a really violent big guinea pig. But you know, anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Finger guns accepts no responsibility for theft or damage under you while listening to the Finger Guns podcast. <sighs> and Mr. Paul Collett back once again with the Renegade Master. Good evening, sir. How have you been these last two weeks that you've not been here? Uh oh, oh man, unbelievable. I uh Everything's all right. Jerry, there's a fan, and like it's just humming away quite nicely. Then this fucking huge pile of shit just throws itself at this fan. Um, that's basically what happened to me the last couple of weeks. Um, nothing kind of, you know, major, major, but it's all just happened at once. All the shit. Not just a little bit, but all the shit. Nice. And we were trying to put out lots of fires at the same time. And, Caused uh, by guinea pigs. <laughs> if, if they were caused by guinea pigs, I'll just let them get on with it because that'd be quite quite a revolution. But uh, yeah, no, so I'm all right. I'm, I'm cool. You know, I'm just ticking over just about. Uh, how about Thanks. you? How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for asking. Excellent. What what a perfect time to be alive. <laughs> is this like Animal Crossing yeah. or is this in real life? You know? <laughs> oh God, I wish I could go to my Animal Crossing Islands. Oh. <laughs> Uh, that is the dream. I've got over a million bells in my bank right now. I could just go there and live like a king. Uh, never mind. <laughs> but instead, I'm stuck in reality. Is a million a lot? I don't it know. It is. I mean, you know, currency is just as it is in the real world. You know, you go sell a flower, it's like 30 bells. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's That's not how it works in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> well we don't i don't you know the dream is one day we'll have a shop in the real world where i can just i'll find a bug or a rock or a stone on the floor and i can just take it to a shop and sell it you know that's the dream that's the animal crossing life you know they find something on the floor they go oh huh, i could do some bells and they just go and give them to the nooks um like that guy set up his own little leaf leaf clearing business in animal crossing yeah how mad is that? <laughs> Job that people need doing in a uh, virtual world. Yeah, there's a uh, Ian Hickson over at Eurogamer. His his YouTube channel is basically him going to people's islands as a garbage man and picking up all their rubbish and uh, taking them back to his island. 
Wow. It's a um, it's a series he does every Monday night, and it's actually very funny. If you do want to catch up with them, they're all on Platform 32. So I recommend them. They're very funny videos. You've also got the talk show, Gary Witter's talk show. It's set entirely within Animal Crossing. And he's he's apparently going to get AOC to go on that talk show. So <laughs> that would be phenomenal. What a crossover yeah. of interests. Yeah, he had, he had Colin Trevorrow on there the other day, the director of Jurassic World. Yeah, why not? You know? Yeah, why not? <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody can go out, so let's go chat it up in Animal Crossing. Why not? Yeah, I was like, what the hell, Gary? And then I forget that he isn't just, you know, Greg Miller's lapdog. He is actually a very famous movie writer, and he probably has these connections. I just need you to clear this up for me, right? So in Animal Crossing, you travel to an island, take its resources, and sell them. Yes. So you're basically the English coming to America. <laughs> yes? Animal Crossing, oh, hello. It's the one. Yes. <laughs> Okay, yeah. that's not yeah. colonialism at all. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's really strange. Yeah. Okay, Animal Crossing is essentially just a metaphor for England's uh, colonialism of America. Ah. And, and I act as King George III, just sitting there watching it happen. <laughs> nice. Uh, do yeah. you get your own Pocahontas section? Wow. <laughs> do you get? Are you John Smith? Do you meet? Do you get trained by the indigenous people? Uh, no, I they they just give me stuff. Okay, I, I go to their houses and I walk in and they go, "Hey, here's a thing for you, just because you're awesome." And I'm not kidding; that is essentially is what Animal Crossing is. They they seem to understand, you know, you as the human are the overlord of the island, mm-hmm. and they treat you as such. And you know, you can't let it get to your head, but sometimes it does. Is is it that do, do they have voices? Because I'm imagining that this might come off very differently if you are a colonial invader and it was like, hey, please, <laughs> please have these things because you're so awesome. Please don't kill me. <laughs> is, that, is that the way it comes off? Or yeah, you could say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice. laughs> everyone, you know, the difference is, you know, I'm not, I'm not King George the Third. I'm actually quite nice about it. You know, it's like I try and treat them all with. With respect and dignity, although I did kick one of them off my island the other day, which, which I've heard is a, is a very traumatic experience. Uh, it can be. It's it's a long experience. It takes bloody ages for them to decide to leave. Oh. You've got to you, you literally have to break them down and will them to want to leave. <laughs> it's wow. it's an extraordinary uh, subtext of the relationship you have with the animals in Animal Crossing. This is major capitalism. That sounds like you're like the, the landlord of a rent control building who wants to evict the people so it makes their life hell, you know, as is often done in America. Anyway, shall, shall we move on before we really Let's... destroy Animal Crossing for you? I'm sorry. All right, we're going to start off with what we've been playing. So I'm going to start with Paul. Paul, what have you been watching this week? <laughs> See what you've done there. See what you've done there. Yeah. I've actually been play my way through Streets of Rage as and when I can. And I absolutely love the game so much. I'm trying to get all the unlocked characters now. I've got like four unlocked characters, I think, now. It turns out it's quite a few, um, which I didn't know about. So I clocked the game, currently my game of the year, but that's only because I haven't really played much. So oh, I, I, just, I just loved it so much. And I completed the game. I felt compelled to tweet the develop, developers Lizard Box. And I said, you do a good job with Sega games. Can we have a Shinobi next, please? And I think they should do a Shinobi game. Because yeah, that would be, cool. uh, be the nuts. So that's all I've been playing, really. Just non-stop beating people up. I did download Raging Justice. Uh, nice. I was in the beat-em-up kind of mood, and it was absolute pants. 
so uh, I deleted it. <laughs> oh, come on now. It's not that bad. Uh, well, maybe it's a better time to play it after Streets of Rage because that's sublime. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, um, it's, it was a nice stopgap a, a couple of years ago sure. in the waits for Streets of Rage 4. Yeah, I mean, for 3 99 I mean, it's a bit, bit silly not to buy it, really, because uh, yeah. you did give it a good review, so I thought, I'll give it a go. And yeah, I mean, it probably is quite good, but after Streets of Rage 4, it's just such a... You know, it's like, like uh, playing um, Battlefront 2 after you've been playing uh, Destiny. They're, they're like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like quite jarring, mm-hmm. but um, I'll, I'll get for it at one point, definitely. But yeah, yeah Streets of Rage 4, happy days. Nice. If you don't know, dear listener, Rage and Justice is a game that's very similar to Streets of Rage in its uh, side-scrolling beat-em-up uh, kind of way. Definitely heavily inspired by Streets of Rage. And uh, yeah, it came out a few years ago, and it's not terrible at all. Don't listen to Paul. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not Streets of Rage at all, but it does have those sentiment sentimentalities. And it, yeah, it kind of shares a lot of uh, DNA. It's well, fine. It feels a hole, doesn't it? Well, it, did. it feels a hole. That's what it does with Raging Justice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Right. I'm glad I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I know you were looking forward to it. So oh, to, yes. Um you, you like I say, yeah, definitely game of the year the month for me because uh, I can't put it down right now. Well I have to because I, I I start hurting, but <laughs> when I can play it, it's it's great. Awesome. Uh yeah, you can read Paul's review of it right now on fingerguns.net. Mr. Sean Davies, what have you been playing this week? Would you like to start with the random game I've been playing this week? Sean's random PSN game that he found that no one else plays. No, 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 no. <laughs> this this, this one. <laughs> everyone's played this, and I haven't. Okay, it, interesting. It's a, it's, a game it I've been, it's a game I've been promising to play for a long time. It's, <gasps> it's, it's from Naughty Dog. And oh, my God. It features Troy Baker. And it's Uncharted 4. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after promising for so long to play The Last of Us, I've not bothered to play that and gone for Naughty Dog's other game. But, you know, I, I'd got into the first couple of chapters of Uncharted 4 a long time ago, like years ago, after putting it off and putting it off, and I'd really enjoyed myself. And then, you know, things came along which meant, hey? <laughs> How many times um, did you pull it off? Excuse me. Put it off. Put it off. Put it off. Pull it off. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus, yeah. You over now. Jesus. Carol. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I decided to dive in, and uh, I wanted a big game to like call my new project game, and that was it. And it's it's damn good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I I'm glad I'm eventually playing it. And it's a shame I waited so long. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of just getting myself because I remember playing um, the Uncharted three around about the same time I was playing the Last of Us on PS3, and I didn't get very far into The Last of Us, but it felt very the same, so I was trying to get myself into the mood to play The Last of Us, because I feel like I need that, um, and it feels like totally the wrong time of, of the entire timeline to be playing a game about a pandemic, so <laughs> i just kind of trying to gear myself up to play, because I really want to play it before number two comes out. Um, anyway, I've also been playing John Wick Hex, there's a review on the website now, it's if you, if you were to dissect a John Wick film and pick out the bits of the action that are in every one of the movies, you know, you've got the whole John Wick gets hurt. You've got John Wick gets surprised from behind. You've got John Wick goes down a corridor while jumping from side to side, covering all the corners. He's, he's jumping through doors and, and not like jumping through doors, but he's like covering doors by going up against the door jam and things like that. It, all of that is what is replicated in John Wick Hex. It is the the epitome of a 
a movie tie-in game without having a movie to tie into. It's a it's a prequel, so it's set before the first John Wick film. It's fantastic, like in design. They've they've distilled what it feels like, what I imagine it feels like to to play as John Wick, and they put that into a game, and it, it's really really great. And it's by Bethel Games, and I shouldn't have expected anything otherwise. There's a review on the website now. You can go and read that. I've also been playing Arcade Spirits, which is from P-Cube Games. They published it. I can't remember the, the name of the developer. I think it's like the Story Lab or something like that. It's a narrative dating simulator slash life simulator. He plays this character called Ari Kada, set in an alternative universe where um, the E.T. game didn't cause the game crash in America. And arcades are still bloom, blooming. They are like at the top of their popularity. All games, as well as going to consoles, go to like arcades. And you play as this character who's basically got a bit of a family curse where you get lots of bad luck and you end up working in this arcade, meeting lots of very colorful characters. You can play as a day or MX. You can play without gender. And some of the characters are, I would say, diverse is, is the word I would use. They all go through uh, pretty interesting arcs. It's it's a fun game if you like this genre. Um, it's not it's not beating you know it's not going to beat the the science notes series for being you know narrative adventures, but it's it's a good example of what you can do in this genre when you're not trying to be Japanese or anime. It's it's just cool. Uh, I've also been playing Wave of the Rocket. Now my PC really struggled to play this, so I've only played like two levels. And that game is really quite fun you play as a rocket who follows an oscillating waveform across the screen and it's like on the rails of that wave waveform and you have to collect coins we i mean we talked about this a couple of months ago and we all said that this was one of the coolest concepts we'd all seen in a while and now it's out it's out on steam it's not on consoles yet but you know we'll we can i mean they've said that they want to bring it to consoles so we'll see fingers crossed it does well enough to make that happen uh, I know there is a, a review on the website from our man Toby. And lastly, I've been playing the wonderful 101 Remastered on my PS4. And what a massive disappointment that is. Um, oh. Yeah. I I hadn't played it. I'd seen footage of the game. And, it, you know, what I'd seen footage of the game was of one screen. And it is very, very obvious that there is a requirement for more than one screen to play this game. And to bring that down and bring, put it into one screen, it just doesn't work. And th- there are ways that you can basically shrink your your main screen to have it as like a second screen on your TV. And it, it just, everything about it just, it was an impossible port and remaster basically. And they've, they've tried to do it. I understand why they've done it, but it's just, it's just not good. It, it's, and the gameplay itself, it's so Wii U, it's unreal. Like, it's like it was designed for the Wii U and nothing else was going to work. And it's it's a real shame. I'm I'm going to try and review it because I th- it doesn't come out for another couple of weeks, and we got that code early because I kickstarted it. But it's just so rough and and so disappointing, and um, it's just a shame. I mean, fingers crossed this will be what gives Platinum their springboard to move on to do better things. But they could do so much better than this, and you know we've we've all seen it, and this is a real disappointment. And that is what I've been playing this week. Sorry to end on a downer, like. That's fine. That's what have you been playing, Roscoe? Uh, I've been playing a video game called The Wonderful 101 Remastered, yeah. uh, which uh, a friend of mine kickstarted. 
Who's that? Okay, it was quite nice. Oh, you, you know, you don't know him. He goes to a different school. And yeah, it sure is something. It's mm, yeah, it was designed for the Wii U, and it shows all over it, which is a shame. I think they've done as much as they possibly can to create it for a single screen, but sometimes, just sometimes. Fan service isn't the right route to go down, and that's all this is. It's just uh, shutting some people up. Nothing more. Yeah. It is a game for the fans, and nobody else is going to get anything out of it because it's this is the right way to play it. The right way to play it is on a Wii U, which you don't say a lot about most games, but yeah, this one in particular is is definitely in that vibe. Unfortunately, so yeah, it sadly didn't leave a good impression on me either. But I will look forward to uh, to see what the fans themselves think of it because. I think that's where the game will live or die. I've been playing a video game called The Last of Us. You might have heard of it. No way. Yeah, because there's there's a second one coming out soon. You might have heard us mention it on the podcast before. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I'm going to get myself caught up with the story. And I went to go and look at my saved data on it. The last time I played it was 2014. <sighs> I mean, yeah, it was when I bought the last of us remastered that was the last time i played it was when i just blasted blasted through it on, on launch and yeah it's fun to get back into it it's a really really great game um, i'm not too far in it yet again this is now my i think my fourth playthrough overall in my lifetime i'm kind of going through the motions at the moment but i'm having a great time and it's it's a it's a great way to set up the last of us part two which is god Five weeks away now. Really not far away. Very exciting. Really enjoying it. I have been playing a game called The Eternal Castle Remastered. Now, this is an interesting one because I can't say a lot about it, but I can say a little, a, a couple of things. It's a remaster of a video game that never existed, essentially. I am putting up a full sort of backstory on this game on the 15th of May. I've written up a thing for the embargo. And it's just, it's an amazing story about how this game came to be and how it's, you know, it's got the remastered uh, moniker on it but it's it's a remaster of a game that never actually came to be and that's what's so fascinating about it so you can go a deep dive into it but it's essentially a rotoscopic platformer in the vein of uh, a flashback and the early prince of persia's and things like that but there's only a couple of colors i've got pink and blue and that's pretty much it ready at the moment and i can't put a score on it yet but it might be worth looking out for i should stress this may be all for mute because there isn't actually a EU release planned for this game yet. Uh, it's only coming to the North American eShop for the time being. But I know a fair amount of people who have um, American accounts on their Switches for reasons such as this. So if you do want to check it out, that's where you're going to have to be getting it to. And that's about it, really. I've also been playing Fortnite and Animal Crossing. Shocking no one. So yeah, that's a, a nice a nice mixture of things. How's, have you tried the Fortnite party? I have. I went to party mode. How was it? And I parted with Dead Mouse. Um, it was it was fine. Yeah. You know they've they they've outdone themselves with the Travis Scott event. Yeah. You know that was unbelievable. And so they now have, if you don't know, uh, Fortnite now have this uh, thing called Party Mode, which is a uh, a map that has no building, no weapons, just lots of fun games you can do with your mates. So you can do racing, you can do boat racing, um, dirt bike racing, like diving racing from the sky. You can like shoot right up to the sky and they'll shoot you down, and you have to like die through circles and things and also there is a big stage where they have all their live music now so dead mouse is there steve aoki was there recently so that's basically what party mode is and yeah it's kind of fun until you realize well okay but there's nothing else i can do here i want to go play that i want to go play actual fortnite and so it kind of gets quite boring quite quickly but i'd imagine if if i was there with with some friends and then maybe we'd have a good time sure but, let's let's play it soon 
Yeah, let's. <laughs> Put that on the list. I'll just unroll the scroll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's still going. Still going. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's what I've been playing uh, this week. I've also started telling lies, but I'll talk more about that next week. There's no embargo, but I, I'm so early and I don't really have a lot to say about it. So, uh, that's what I've been doing. Right then. It is now time for... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world! Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters, hold on to your butts and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest cat in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies! Hi, and welcome to the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. This week... Uh, we've done this before quite a long time ago. I don't think it's been recently that we've done one of these. But basically, I'm going to ask these these two guys ten questions. And each question is going to be a list of three characters from a famous video game series. Oh, shit. And it's their job to tell me which series they are from. Some of these are easy. Some of these are tough. But we shall, we shall see. Um, if you've never played this before... I'm going to ask them the questions now. Towards the end of the podcast, we'll get the the answers. We will see which one of these two have won. Um, Greg is currently way out in front in, on this season of our podcast. Um, but it, one of these guys could pull one back. Last week this. was such bullshit. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to say that out loud. <laughs> Last week was not not the most fair, I don't think. I, need to, mm. <laughs> I have come up with a tiebreaker ahead of time today. <laughs> yeah. So, so tiebreaker directed directly at Greg. Well, no, I think you both had a fair chance because I don't think there's any way that anybody could know what I'd asked. Yeah, even well, if you had. <laughs> okay. Oh, just just be wary that uh, that Sean is uh, biased towards Greg at the moment in the. Uh, yeah, I've I gathered that quite a lot actually recently. Unbelievable! It's truly unbelievable. But, yeah, he would so... need like an adjudicator going forward. To be fair, yeah, we do. That's a good idea. <laughs> The, the Sean Adjudication Department. Will exactly, bring a whole new department. <laughs> Sad <for> department. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Let's, let's kick this off. Have you guys got pens and paper or whatever? Yes. yes. Okay, let's go. Question one: Agumon, Tentumon, and Leomon. Question Sorry. one. I'll do that again. Sorry, what? <laughs> I'm going to read out three characters from a video game series, right. and you have to tell me what series they are from. Okay. Right. Okay. So, question one: Agumon, Tentomon, and Leomon. For fuck's sake! I think I know, but I think that's too easy. But then again, this is question one. And again, it is Sean. Uh, I um. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a wild card and see what happens. Okay. I actually knew that one, which is really scary. That is. Well done. Well done. Well, I think I knew it. I might have got it wrong, but Paul's, Paul's lost this one. There's no way <laughs> Paul has <laughs> ever been this confident and still won. Um, okay. Uh, question two. Such a poor bias. <laughs> 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 Question two: Stealth, Elf, Eruptor, and Pop Fizz. 
So question two, Stealth, Elf, Eruptor, and Pop Fizz. Okay, we're back in the game. Okay. Question three. Jacket, Biker, and Manny Pardo. Question three. Jacket, Biker, and Manny Pardo. Oof, tumbleweed. Okay, question four. Carl Stuckey, Alice Wake, and Dr. Emil Hartman. Question four. Carl Stuckey, Alice Wake, and Dr. Emil Hartman. Ooh, it's very quiet. I do like that. You can almost hear the cogs tuning. <laughs> I'm going to go for a punt on this one, too. You wouldn't have made it this... Or would you? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to shut up. Carry on. I've got to edit <laughs> this thing, so I'll shut up. <laughs> okay, question five. Henry, Delilah, and Julia. Question five. Henry, Delilah, and Julia. Why, why, why? That's a joke referencing the name Delilah. <laughs> they stoke the city anthem. Thank you very much. Can you read that again, please? Shawnee boy, Shawnee, Shawnee boy. Um, question five. Henry, Delilah, and Julia. Okay, question six. Siri, Yennefer, and Triss Merigold. Wait a minute, that's a Netflix series. <laughs> question six. Siri, Yennefer, or Triss Merigold. I feel like I was overly harsh when writing this because I haven't read, read some of these questions back. <laughs> okay. Mm. I say that coming up to this one, which <laughs> will be a miracle if either of you get this. Um, question seven. Kyoko Kirigiri, Junko Enoshima, and Monokuma. Yeah, next question. <laughs> yeah, let's just skip this quiz today, please. That's all right. <laughs> Question seven. Kyoko, Kirigiri, Junko, Enoshima, and Monokuma. Could be any one of the billion Japanese games. We could, but uh, I'll give you I'll give you a hint. It's one of the biggest selling narrative um, visual novel games from Japan. 
No, no idea. Fair no. enough. Okay. Question eight. Arno Dorian, Shay Cormac, and Connor. Question eight. Arno Dorian, Shay Cormac, and Connor. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Question nine. Jimmy Hopkins, Gary Smith, and Pete Kowalski. For question eight, do you want the series? Of the series, okay. Sorry, excuse me, carry on. Okay. So question nine, Jimmy Hopkins, Gary Smith, and Pete Kowalski. And finally, question ten, Axel Stone, Blaze Fielding, and Cherry Hunter. You're taking the fucking piss right now. <laughs> You're taking the fucking piss. Question 10. Why are you so biased against me? Blaze Fielding and Cherry Hunter. Well, that's gone fucked up one of my other answers, isn't it? (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, that is the most suckiest of suck quizzes I've ever sucked at. Fair enough. So he gets gets 9 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. that's it. There's the ball Absolutely not. Sorry, Russ. Yeah, that's in. <laughs> let's just call it now. Quiz answers. Let's go. You so silly. Ah, you suck, crazy. Right, let's move on to some news. And first up, you may have noticed that Xbox had a bit of an event this week. We covered it in a very quick, not that quick, reaction special that we recorded uh, during the week. Uh, the Xbox Series X gameplay showcase, and it caused a little bit of a stir, one would say. Uh, Paul watched it as well. He couldn't join us on the podcast, but he was so angry, he couldn't even attempt to join us on the podcast. He was like, mate, I don't even want to. I just I hated it so much. It was awful. You know what I mean? So, But <laughs> it turns out it, he wasn't the only one. So Aaron Greenberg, that guy who was in the event sitting in front of the uh, Series X fridge, has tweeted out to say the following. Had we not said anything and just shown May inside Xbox show like we did last month, I suspect reactions might have been different. Clearly we set some wrong expectations and that's on us. We appreciate all the feedback and can assure you we will take a load in and learn as a team. Now this is probably in due part to the fact that the event was called the Gameplay Showcase and as you may have recalled from our podcast that we did, there wasn't an awful lot of gameplay. So in kind of like in in retrospect, uh, Mr. Sean Davies, do you think Aaron Greenberg needed to say this? Looking back on it, we're not going to spend too long on this because obviously we did a whole podcast about it. But do you yeah. think that the expectations were too high? I think they they tried to do the same trick that Sony did, where they hyped something up into something that it wasn't, and they they caught the same heat. And I think they took less heat because they at least showed some games, and they you know it wasn't it wasn't a total bust. 
but it was okay. So I, th- I think they've learned their lesson. I think you know this this the next time they say gameplay, they're going to have to deliver gameplay, not just a an engine stuff. And I think everybody held them accountable to that. And I think that's that's that was the right thing to do. And I think the the community has rightfully said, "What the f was that?" And um, they they will obviously have to learn from that, the same as everyone else does. Um, I'm just glad that they acknowledged the fact that they'd made a massive boo boo and didn't just leave us thinking that that was what the next gen was going to be like. Well done to them to holding their hands up and just saying we fucked up. I mean, the um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is obviously the the biggest game that people were discussing, and the creative director Ashraf Ismail has uh, responded to that reaction by saying, "You rightfully expected to see more today. We have a long marketing campaign ahead of us." And you will see in-depth gameplay and get a lot more info about the game soon. Thank you for your excitement and passion. Be patient with us and be kind. It will be worth it. I mean, is it on Xbox or Ubisoft that they claimed it was going to be a full gameplay trailer? And were they right to title it as such? Oh, they were 100% not right to title it as they did. Uh, and I think it's on both of them. You know, they both hyped it up. You know, they both said you'll get your first glimpse of Assassin's Creed game- gameplay. And and this was this was Ubisoft initially responding to the fact that the trailer was totally CGI. You know, Ubisoft came out and said, you'll see gameplay soon. And then Xbox turned up and said, we've got the first gameplay from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So they're both, you know, they, they're both at fault. They both hyped it up. And, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that they've all come out and just said, yeah, you know, what we delivered was not what we promised. And time's a premium for people now. You know, it's it's less, you know, we're all indoors. Yeah. <laughs> and, um we were all looking to be entertained and that, you know, that was not what was, what was billed. So I'm just glad they've all held their hands up and, and this isn't the first time it's happened and it won't be the last, but, you know, at least for these projects and for the foreseeable, you know, you can, you can probably expect people to be a bit more wary about calling in engine gameplay, gameplay when it needs to be, you know, gameplay, not just a tech demo with very little actual gameplay. So, well done to everyone involved for holding their hands up. Yeah, we shall see what is in store for Xbox. Looking forward to the um, the Xbox Game Studio show in July for yeah. all the gameplay. <laughs> yeah, I genuinely hope that they actually do come out and put out some good stuff. Mm, I do. Because there's been a couple of polls that have come out on Twitter from various people to say, would you buy, would you pre-order an Xbox Series X based on that presentation? And people have, you know, Rightfully said, n- no way. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if, if Microsoft really do want to sell us on it, then that would be the time. Yeah. Get your, get your studios out there and pimp it out. For sure. Uh, Paul, what was your overall reaction to the event? We didn't have you on the uh, special podcast. Uh, so, um, I have to admit, I wasn't really looking forward to it in the first place because Microsoft... I'm not following it in massive detail, but what Microsoft seems to be doing is just doing the same old thing that every other kind of generation has done. And by that, I mean, I don't know if you, I mean, maybe I'm slightly sunny biased, but like, if you look at the Sony, they haven't released any games yet, haven't released a look at the console, but they released a controller. It's got a new name, it's got some exciting new features. And that's made people wonder. What's it all about? What's it do? Do you know what I mean? It just looks great. And, that, and that's getting me excited because I'd like to see their show reel. It may only be CG demos, but they will be showing some kind of evolution of games using a new controller. 
So, you know, that that's holds a lot more mystery and a little bit more excitement, whereas Microsoft, I just don't get it. We talked about this last time, about the, the, the Series X name, the logo, and like the, the console itself. I just don't get it. It's just like, is it like an Xbox One X Plus or Xbox One X Pro, or is it like an Xbox brand new? It's just an absolute fucking mess. And it's like you look at the game trailers, and, and literally none of them were exciting to look at. I mean, yeah, that first game, which, you know, was like a first-person shooter, I thought, okay, so there's lots of stuff happening around. I thought, well, this is cool. And then it's like moving. And then I thought, wow, it's calmed down on the stuff that's flying around. And then they had a gun. They had a fucking uh, medieval character, I think, or whatever. It's like, oh, fuck, fuck's sake. And it all just, it's all, Madden, why are you going to showcase Madden? The game's look the same since fucking 2002. It does not matter. So they, just, they're just missing the trick. They, they, they sort of run out of ideas. Um, part of me thinks they're going to like say, well, just let's release a console because some people want it. Let's really focus on xCloud. Um, I don't know. It's just there's nothing, actually, not even Assassin's Creed excited me. It's just like, I just feel, I just like, before I was injured, I was playing Origin, Origins a little bit and I really enjoyed that game. Um, um, and I was thinking back to why I didn't like Odyssey so much. And I just thought, well, because I, the reason I didn't like Odyssey is because I just played Origins, and Origins is exactly the same as Odyssey, only it's a different setting. And now I'm looking at the, the, the Valhalla, and I thought, I'm not excited for it. Why is that? Because it looks exactly the same as Odyssey. Um, you know, I think, personally, I think Assassin's Creed's had its day. I mean, it's been going for so long, and I know they rehashed it with uh, Origins, and it was good. I really enjoyed that. It was a lot different from the other games. But now it's the same again, same again. And so that doesn't excite me. So gameplay or no gameplay, it's just Assassin's Creed. You know what it's going to look like. You know how it's going to play. So, um, yeah, I'm absolutely not excited. And, and I'm a little bit worried now is uh, if that's what next-gen holds for the moment, even for, like, the Sony, Sony the PlayStation 5. Because uh, I don't even remember, like, I know it was, like, it wasn't actual in-game graphics, but when they showcased Watch Dogs originally uh, at E3, and you knew straight away, you think, yes, that is got to be next gen granted it wasn't actually in-game footage but it got you excited because it just looked so different from everything else we've seen before and everything we've seen so far from xbox doesn't look that different and i know there's a kind of generalized period of time where games developers are getting to use the software so they don't look as good or play how they want it but as a timeline of the console goes on then it obviously all gets better but you look at look at the reaction that watchdogs trailer got and the trailers from this Xbox thing, you can see a difference why are people just not excited. And there, who buy a pre-order or anything based on that showing, you know what I mean? That, anyway. that was, that, it felt like a week's worth of uh, anger building up there. <laughs> sort of like I was, I mean, I, I mean, I, I did actually, I didn't think I'd be able to watch it, but I actually managed to watch it. And, uh, and as uh, each game rolled up, I was like, oh, bored, back to work. And I didn't pay any attention to it. It's just, there's nothing there. It's just, I'm just, I just couldn't be any less excited for Xbox if I tried. Do you know what I mean? It's just, oh. Origins is the same as Odyssey, eh? That is a topic for another podcast. <laughs> oh, see, seething over here, buddy. Seething. <laughs> Alden, didn't, didn't we mean you have this kind of Assassin's Creed off way back in the beginning of the year? Uh... Yeah, yeah, we did. We cut the entire thing because it was crap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that again. <laughs> yeah, that's not. So what does PlayStation need to do to get the upper hand now? Not a lot. <laughs> just turn up. <laughs> is it really is that simple? It's just like, okay, well, this is the PS5, and here's here's the games for it. Do they need to, you know, Microsoft have been heavily criticized for doing CGI trailers. And the first time we see a lot of these 
PS5 games, they're probably going to be very similar. You know, the first time we're going to see Horizon 2 or Spidey 2 and that, they're going to be CGI trailers. We know this. It's not going to be gameplay. How do um, they? How do they? How do they circumvent the controversy around Xbox shows to work in their favour? It's it's a strange one because um, again, it could be uh, the bias I have for PlayStation, but um, but then again, it's probably down to the fact that Sony are the better games. If you, if there was like a CG of um, Horizon, the CG of uh, Spidey, uh, New God of War CG, these are all games that we all love and, and, and great. I'd be quite happy to see that because I think yes, it's coming. I get excited. Um, if they've got some gameplay bonus, but if, uh, imagine a CG, even if it's in-game uh, CG of a new Horizon game. How 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 highly pitched will you squeal, Ross? Do you know what I mean? I mean, honestly, yeah, I would freak out because we know it. <laughs> we know it's happening, but it's just like every time a new console comes out and we get that confirmation that that sequel is happening. Mm. You know, it's like we know, of course, it's going to be Horizon Two. We know this. There's going to be a Spidey 2. They made millions and millions and millions. Of course, there are going to be sequels. But it's that weird moment where it goes, oh, it is actually happening. Yay! Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that's it. I mean, it's, it's the games. It's not so much the power, the graphics, or the CG, or gameplay. It's nothing to do with that. It's the actual games. And, uh, and you know, other than maybe Forza uh, series, Microsoft don't have that pedigree. Even if they've got their, um, their kind of uh, in-house studios, they've all Food out of money at. None of them would really have the same sort of pedigree as games like, uh, you know, God of War, uh, or that kind of thing. So I don't. I mean, y- yes, it's bad if they say it's gameplay, but it's in-engine gameplay. If if they come out and say that it's in-engine trailers for Horizon Zero Dawn, and they literally said it how it is, it's a, it's a trailer. It's in-game engine, so you kind of get a, quite a little bit of an idea of what it's going to look like. That's fine. No, but if they said that here's gameplay trailers and it's just the trailer, but you know, in engine or whatever, then it's, it's not fine. But like you say, it's just it's just the confirmation of these games, seeing those great big kind of metal dinosaurs rampaging through some new world. That's all we need to see. And then we get excited, pre-order done. Mm. So yeah, I mean it's not necessarily down to the fact that we didn't see any gameplay, it's just maybe more about the games they did show. I mean, five minutes on dirt. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. Sean, where are PlayStation? Right now, where do they have the upper hand? Do you think? I'm mean, just just going going back just two seconds. When was the last time we saw a a fully CG trailer? I'm, I'm thinking probably the announcement of the Last of Us Part Two. The only CG trailer I can think of, like the God of War trailer that we originally saw, actually turned out to be gameplay. Uncharted Four was gameplay. Spider Man was gameplay. I, I can't think of the last time I saw a Sony first party game that was announced apart from the last of us part two and you know who knows the game might actually you know include that part as a, as a cutscene, but i can't think of a time when they they've announced with a, a cg trailer you know, I, I genuinely can't think of one and i think that's the difference i think sony are quite happy to wait until june probably you know people are saying early to mid-june when they could probably go on on, on a stage Obviously, probably, maybe not live, maybe maybe live, and show some games actually playing on their console. And I, I don't know if we will see CG trailers for Horizon or Spider-Man. I think we might actually see... And this is where I think Sony have the upper hand, is the fact that they, they have always been able to get their studios to do a very like a, a vertical slice of their game not a hot you know like not a not a representation of the whole game but a good 5 minutes 
that they could put on stage. You know, from Spider-Man, from from all of these studios that they they've worked with, they've managed to get five minutes of good gameplay to put on a screen to to show. And I think that's that's where they differentiate because when when Sony say gameplay, we know what we're getting. You know, if if Sony do backtrack on that, that'll be that'll be shit, and they should catch the shit that they they would get for that. But Sony have kind of taught us that when they say gameplay, they mean we're going to have a guy on stage. It's more than likely that this demo, you know, will have some technical hiccup, but we're showing you, you know, <laughs> when when Uncharted Four didn't didn't start, when 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 basically <laughs> Drake yeah, yeah. just stood there, you know, um, they they know this, they they're willing to do this and, and to show us what the game will actually look like, and I think that's that's a positive, and I think people are waiting for these games because, like Paul said, they are they have a they have a, a pedigree behind them, you know, Sony's first party studios just from the ones that we've mentioned but you've got like you've got Gran Turismo um, which you know fair enough this generation hasn't really sparked but if they are working on another one which I fully expect they are to be somewhere in the launch window of the PS5 and if if they can make good use of those tactile um, triggers because could can, can you imagine having haptic feedback and tactile triggers that are forcing back against you while you are like doing donuts around a racetrack, how good that might feel. <laughs> and I think that's the difference between, uh, for a lot of people that are seeing this now, and I think that's a, one of the difficulties Sony might have is the fact that the PS5 is looking to be different than the PS4. It's not trying to be a better version of the one they had previously. It's trying to be something different. It's like the Switch. You know, the Switch is a, is a transformative machine. That's why everyone's buying games on Switch. Um, and the PS5 might be that with what it's got. It's it's a powerful machine, but it's also got better controllers, better audio, um, and I think that's where the, where people are waiting with bated breath to see what Sony can do, because everyone knows what they can do. They've seen it with the PS4, and they're expecting big things. And we shall see. I mean, the the power difference is where it's going to make a very mild difference to some people. Um, because the, the Xbox One is the Xbox Series X is undoubtedly um, about ten percent more powerful than the PS5. But again, uh, the PS3 was um, the weaker console out of the Xbox 360 and the PS3, and some of that generation's best games came out on the PS3. You know, Uncharted One, Two, and Three all started on the PS3. God of War 3 came out on that console, and that's one of the best action games of, of that generation. So don't don't write them off, but also, you know, they, they do have a lot of things going for them. Just got to hope that when they do announce, they don't completely flub it up. Do you, do you think, like, a lot of the thing about the Xbox show and Ubisoft's sort of lack of gameplay thing was actually sort of planned in a way because obviously the uncertainty of how shows are going to be this year obviously a few being cancelled a few going to be online do you think they may have been saving a little bit for the bigger events be it online or live or whatever oh, i've got me defending xbox so maybe like you know this this event they had was just say that here's some games a little bit of chat with developers just to you know trickle down a little bit of information and then come I know the virtual E3 or E3 Zoom conference call or whatever it is. They go. By the way, here's all the gameplay you want to see. I don't know. Is the coronavirus is something to do with it? 
so for, from Ubisoft's perspective, they're not going to want to show everything so early. Mm. Um, but but I think from from Microsoft's perspective, they Microsoft are trying to take advantage of the fact that Sony are being very quiet, mm. and Sony are being quiet because I imagine they are waiting until they have all of their ducks in a row and can announce and be a very strong proposition. And what Microsoft are doing is very quickly and, and as as fast as they possibly can try to get the word out by doing lots of different events. You know, they've got this whole summer planned out with an event per month of announcements, first and third party. And they know for a fact that when it comes to next gen, the gaming bubble, our our little bubble that we live in as gaming people, there's some buzz about the Xbox Series X. But they know to Joe Bloggs, he has a PS4, he's happy with his PS4, and it would take something incredibly attractive to make him go to an Xbox Series X because of backwards compatibility, because of his trophies, because all of his mates have got PS4s. And because you've got cross-gen games that are most likely going to be able to be upgradable. So, you know, you buy it on your PS4 and you get it on your PS5, upgraded. Xbox, no. They are scrambling, but in a very... (laughs) It's like a formulated way. Like, they know, okay, we've got events. We're going to put this out. We're going to put this out. They're going to put this out. It's, It's not like a big blockbuster explosion like it should have been, like it could have been. And that's where they're going to struggle. At least at first, you know, the, the problem is games that release um, on, on a console in the first year are normally buggy. They're normally crap. They normally aren't making anywhere near enough use of the power that's in these consoles. And the fact of the matter is with this console generation, you've got games which have been in development for the PS4 and the Xbox One, which are going to be on a PS5 and an Xbox Series X. These aren't games developed for these next gen consoles. These aren't going to be the best selling, you know, these best looking games anyway. And this is why people have started to temper their own expectations about what visuals are going to be like next generation. Because all of the games we've seen so far are cross gen games. You know, none of them are going to be, you know, just built specifically for the PS5 or the Xbox Series X, apart from Godfall, which is the only game we've ever seen in motion, albeit for like five seconds, <laughs> that's designed specifically for a next gen console. And the difference that over time the Xbox Series X probably will come into its own with having a power advantage. But until that time, they've got to try and get people on board because Joe Bloggs, he knows he's going to PS5. He hasn't seen the console yet. He hasn't seen the games, but he's got a PS4 and he's got a ton of games that will play on it. So <laughs> it's it's difficult for Microsoft. And I know they're hyping up these events and then not delivering, but you know there are people that are out there that are happy with what they saw. So they've pleased some people. It's just they've got to try and do something. Fair play to Phil Spencer because it's it's a good strategy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah what he said. <laughs> that was twenty minutes. Are you kidding me? That was awesome. I love listening to that. I want more of that every week. Let's talk about this every week. <laughs> right then, there was a Prince of Persia game announced this week. Kinda. This week, three minutes of a cancelled Prince of Persia game was discovered on YouTube and had been sitting there for a long time and nobody noticed. Ubisoft Montreal was working on the unannounced Prince of Persia game, subtitled Redemption. Eight years ago, footage of this game was posted to YouTube, and it was largely unnoticed until the 6th of May, which is absolutely insane. Uh, Discovered, of course, by some guys over at Reset Era. 
Now, did you guys see this trailer? I did. I was very impressed, and I'm devastated this game. I mean, it, it definitely looked like something, uh, like a, a product of its time. <laughs> like, I can't see anything like that coming out these days unless it's Devil May Cry. But um, <laughs> it looked cool, and uh, it's a shame it was cancelled. I probably yeah. would have played it. Well, of course you would have played it. Yeah, because it's me. Paul, were you a fan of uh, like Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, the 3D Prince of Persia's? Would you have liked to have seen another one before the series disappeared off the face of the earth? I loved all the Prince of Persia's. I remember when I got Sands of Time and the old time-bending thing was great. I'm surprised it didn't get used more often. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's two Prince of Persia games and then there's that kind of cell shielded one, wasn't there? I'm pretty sure there was three Sands of Time, two, two Kings, was it? Oh, yeah, that's right. There's three kind of like, yeah, serious games and then one that like, was cell shaded. That's right. Yeah. No, it's called Prince of Persia, wasn't it, or something? The, the reboot, yes. Yeah, it wasn't much good, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed those games. I, I kind of I missed them a little bit, but then also I wonder if they're needed because of games like Tomb Raider and Uncharted because it was all that plat- mm. platformy thing had been done now. They, they kind of nailed it down. So. But, you know, never say never, because don't forget, Ubisoft released that called it Beyond Good and Evil 2 trailer, which was gone for years, and then Beyond Good and Evil 2 has come back. Now it's gone somewhere. for years. And then it's gone again, but it's come back <laughs> at least, so it hasn't been forgotten, so you never know. Ubisoft's got such a bank of great games I need to tap into, including fucking Splinter Cell. So it's go. true. It's true. No. I'm too busy making Assassin's Creed games, dude. I'm sorry. I know. It was See, it. boring. In delaying Watch Dogs Legion, the bastards. Uh, I'm still not quite over that, to be honest. No, I, I was blame Ford and Ryan Camden. Yeah, I mm. blame Ghost Recon. Yeah, uh, the game's all right. It, <sighs> it was just that launch, you know. I remember Ubisoft going, "Oh, well, Ghost Recon Breakpoint come out of it shit. What we're going to do? We're going to delay everything else <laughs> to make sure it's not shit at launch." I was like, "What? What? When's Watch Dogs coming out? Who knows? Nobody knows anymore." <laughs> oh, okay. But- I think I think that can I just like this point was a bit of a side note for another podcast, but I think that's actually more to do with the lack of originality, if you think about it, because uh, you know, I mentioned like Assassin's Creed, it's, it's getting boring. You know, and so Ghost Recon is not very really much different from the first one. Um, it's just a different location. And and they've take, taken away one of the best parts of it, which was the the free player thing. So when Watch Dogs came out, um not only was it because it was that kind of not gameplay CG, but also, wow, look, guys controlling a phone and controlling the city. That was new. Everyone was excited by that. No one's excited about running up a fucking building and jumping off it again. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like, and so Watch Dogs a Legion has got a... Paul, a lot of people are. It's you that's not excited about it. Yeah, no, but I am, I am the one that kind of knows trends. Yeah, you're the one that matters. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's why there's some hype around Watch Dogs because it is one of their new IPs. It's actually genuinely different from everything else they're kind of like doing. So they got this, I think Ubisoft's got into this habit of just churning out sequels just because, which is fine. It makes them money. Why wouldn't they? But yeah. um, eventually it's got a shelf life and they have to sort of like just throw in a curveball now and again just to really just mix things up again. I don't yeah. know. The, uh, the Prince of Persia games uh, from The Sands of Time were Prince of Persia The Sands of Time. Prince of Persia, Forgotten Sands, uh, Prince of Persia, The Warrior Within, and Prince of Persia, The Two Thrones. That was the last um, 3D Prince of Persia in 2010. It's been a while. Yeah, came out on the Wii. That's how long ago it was. (laughs) Two two generations ago. Wow. 
man I'm old. God. You could argue uh, that's crumbling so. into dust of time. <laughs> <laughs> I myself am the sands of time. Yeah. Uh, Sean, what would you have liked to have seen in a new piece of pressure? Would you like to have sort of gone do you think Assassin's Creed just sort of like took the mantle and just kind of carried it on? I, I think there was a, a lot there was there was a lot of um the original Prince of Persia in Assassin's Creed one, two and Brotherhood. And up till then, you know, you had the the climbing, the wall running, that kind of stuff. A lot there was a lot of that in the original Assassin's Creed games because obviously they started as a as a pseudo sequel to the P- Prince of Persia. Um, but all of that's gone now, and I think there's still like a gap in the market for that. If you, if you look at some of the stuff that you used to be able to do, like in in all of those Assassin the early Assassin's Creed games, you go into a tomb and there'd be like a platforming puzzle where you've got to find something you can climb up, climb up it, and then climb across some chandeliers, get to something, you know, jump across other things. All of that stuff is what was good about Prince of Persia. Uh, but, and, and then you had the, the dagger of time, which would, you know, rewind and give you another chance if you completely bought it up. That seems like an ideal gap in the market these days. And it's, it's a shame because I can't see them bringing it back because they've got so much else on. And they've got Skull, skull and Bones and Ghost Recon... Assassin's Creed, Beyond Good and Evil, you know, Rabbids. <laughs> oh, Rabbids is more of a priority than <laughs> Prince of Persia. God damn it, Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, I don't think they will use it, but, I mean, the the IP is, is ripe for use. Even if it's given a small indie team, you know, just to make, you know, something, something like Mirror's Edge, like, on the scope of like a Mirror's Edge game where everything's linear, but you know it look it looks non-linear because your environments. I could live with that. I could mm. live with that. Please, I'll Ubisoft. You... Please. <laughs> I'll let Ubisoft know. Thank you. <laughs> Something happened today. Actually, the day we're recording, Sunday the tenth of May, Mafia popped up out of nowhere <laughs> and uh, did a little tweet. I say a little tweet. It said "family" full stop, and that was the end of the tweet. Now. I know we have fans of Mafia 3 on this podcast. I never completed it, but I did play a lot and liked it. But I know it didn't do all that well. So what, what's happening? Is Mafia 4 incoming? Who'll call it? What do you think? Well, do you know what? I think I quite liked Mafia 3 too. But after a while, it kind of got a little bit, I don't know, samey. But family suggests it's going back to his route, um, like proper Mafia-y type, Mafia-y things. So um could be a, a, a remaster. I hope it's not. I hope it's like a remake. Uh, it's like a reboot, maybe, of the series. So it's going back to, like, you know, 1940s, wherever it was. And that would be great. Because I really enjoyed Mafia 2 is actually really good. I really enjoyed that. Um, so if they can go back to that kind of thing, maybe make it a little bit more open world. It wasn't really open world. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm all for that. Sean Davies? I don't think this is Mafia 4. I think this might be a remaster of either one or two because obviously one and two was about <laughs> the uh, mafia, <laughs> unsurprisingly, mm-hmm. and all about family. And both of those games were great. I I didn't play much of three because the AI just bugged the shit out of me. But look at it. So a couple of days before we record this podcast, there was a couple of job um, postings put up on Hangar Thirteen's website. Hangar Thirteen are the developers of Mafia. Now, there was a leak a while ago to say that Mafia 4 had been cancelled because Mafia 3 wasn't well-received. Whether that's true or not, who knows. But this new job listing 
um, is described as the their next AAA game. It it's set in an immersive world with a strong narrative. I'm not entirely sure whether you would would say that that was something true of the Mafia games or the immersive Sims. Not really. Very narrative though. So it, it's it's we we will shall see. I'm I'm I I think it's a bit too early for Mafia Four, given the developers had enough years to make Hangar Three great and. It launched with some issues. A lot of those issues were patched out. Nobody was really reporting on the fact that those issues were patched out. And in fact, this is probably one of those games I'm going to go back to during this quarantine time because I've always wanted to spend more time with it post-patch, which I never got a chance to. So, yeah, I think this is probably to do with a remake or or remaster of probably 2 because 2 was... okay. Maybe one. If it's one, then they're going to have to do more work because despite the fact that it was good for its time, it's it looks ropey these days. Um, but two two is still good. You know, two is, is the standard of L.A. Noir. So I, I hope it's a remaster or a remake of the original or a sequel. I just want to see Hangar 13 do well. <laughs> I, I just want more Mafia, man, because that, that series, that, that, up until three, that series was like the nuts. Yeah. And, and Hangar 13 is a, a British developer and I want to see him do well. Three wasn't bad though. I mean, I mean, I get your point about the AI. It was shocking and the, the bugs at the start. I remember I reviewed it. I think and absolutely kind of caned it. But um, it was a trouble game. Um, the story was great. It was pretty uh, hard hitting because of the race race uh, angle they took down. But I I actually did enjoy it and it's worth playing if you've got the time film to uh, get free. Because I've turned it on recently um, and that's been patched up. And yes, it you know still got some dodgy AI, but. The games a lot better, if that makes any sense. Mm. So, yeah. The um, the intro is one of the best I've played in games for a while. Oh, the yeah. entire first sequence leading up to when um, Painted Black by the Stones kicks in. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, that whole sequence is fantastic. So I yeah, think about the soundtrack as well. The soundtrack was great all the way through. Oh yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I'll be up for a new Mafia, Mafia Four, Mafia. Right, guys. it. Doing it for you, 2K. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, finally, very quickly, did we see the Last of Us 2 trailer this week? Yes. No, I yeah. didn't. How are we feeling? Still, still hope. You haven't seen it? No. Terrible. Oh. I know. It's like two minutes of your life. I'm going to Google it now while Sean has his kind of 20-minute kind of take on it. <laughs> uh, what do you think? You super hyped? I know you haven't finished The Last of Us. But... No. The, this this trailer one. was the reason that I, that I wanted to get back into it. To be honest, yeah, um, it it looks very dramatic. I I think I've probably spoiled the end of the first game for myself by watching the trailer, <laughs> but you know we, we shall see. Um, it, it looks great visually, and I'm excited to play this game despite the fact that I probably won't know what's going on unless I play the first game, which I need to get done. It's mm. the reason I'm playing Uncharted 4, which makes no sense <laughs> to anybody else but me, okay? <laughs> oh, I love Torch, that. That's Torch, <laughs> tortured logic, but it works, okay? <laughs> I need to get ready for The Last of Us Part 2, so I'm going to play through Uncharted 4. <laughs> and then I'm going to have to play through The Lost Legacy as well after that. And then, then oh. I'll get to The Last of Us. You know, I, I was playing through the last of the Uncharted Four, and I got to the jeep part, 
and I'm driving around Madagascar and I'm going, oh, I bet the Lost Legacy is really good for this bar. And I'm thinking, I might play that next, but I, I won't. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I won't. I will go on to The Last of Us, I promise. One of these days, I'm going to come on this podcast, I'm going to tell you I played The Last of Us. One of these five, days. You've got five weeks to be Uncharted 4 and The Last of Us. Look, um, I'll promise you something now, right? I will play the, the, the Last of Us before we next play together online. The thing we <laughs> oh, promise gosh. each other every week. <laughs> uh, oh, I promise. Man. One yeah, of these days. We'll see. Days. We'll see. <laughs> right then. It's time for the Indie Corner. Welcome to the Indie Corner. <laughs> a couple of quick games to catch up about this week. The first is called Poltergeist Breakup. So this is a small game from a developer called Average Joe, J-O. It's currently out on itch.io. It's part of a game jam. And it's one of the most ingenious ideas I've, I've ever seen for a small indie game. It is a small indie game, so don't get your hopes up. It's not going to be like mind-blowing or anything. But you basically play as a ghost who's trying to ruin the date between your ex and their new date. So, so your ex has oh, ghosted you. Oh, that's cool. Sign me up right now. <laughs> so your ex has ghosted you, and then you basically go around and, and find out that you, you are now dead, and you get to possess items in this this house to, like, knock it over. So just when they're getting into, like, romance, and you knock over a picture or, like, throw a candlestick off the fireplace... Um, it's it's like a tiny little diorama that you play around with. It's got a cool art style. It's completely free to download. So go and give that a go. It's called Poltergeist Breakup. So the second game is called Roots of Pasha. So if you follow the website, you might have seen news about this. It's basically old school Zelda, that kind of art style, and it's meeting Animal Crossing, but it's set in a prehistoric world complete with dinosaurs. So, so basically, you play as you play as this character who's the leader of this village. Um, sorry, you aren't the leader of a village, the leader of a tribe, in a prehistoric land who cleans out an area of dinosaurs and decides to set up a village. Uh, you set up your own kind of religious system. You buy, build a village, grow crops, uh, go on little adventures, meet the villagers, etc. And it looks like Animal Crossing, but with a bit of violence, and that looks. Pretty cool. That's coming out to consoles and PC in 2021. If you want to get some news about it, you can go to at Roots of Pasha, and uh, there's some more details on the website, figureguns.net. And I will try to keep up the date on my news of that because I, I really want to play an Animal Crossing alternative once Animal Crossing has gone away. So that might be the one. <laughs> once so Animal it... Crossing has gone away. <laughs> 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 That's funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the last game, I know it's never going away, but you know people might be bored of it by the time that comes out. So people might want an alternative. I yeah, I know. I know you're going to be like a trillionaire, a bell trillionaire, a billionaire. Ah, Okay. The last. Well, sorry, not the last game. Uh, the next game is called The Almost Gone. Now you might have seen. Uh, artwork about this knocking around. It's been it's been going viral on Twitter this week. Um, it's from developers called Happy Volcano, and mm. this is a collection of small dioramas, um, which you can rotate and interact with. And basically, you have to solve each diorama before moving on to the next one. Um, it's got an inc incredibly nice art style, and it looks 
designed for the Switch and mobiles, and it's coming to both platforms as well as PC. Uh, but as you as you unveil these dioramas, some are quite peaceful, some are quite poignant. I'm not going to kind of spoil what they're about, but they they reveal a story about death and loss and mental illness. Now it may be done in a tasteful way, which is I know is is difficult to do. And we've seen plenty of games that have done it wrong, but this seems like a game that is actually trying to do mental illness in a tasteful way. So it's looking very intriguing, and it's coming out on the on the 25th of June this year. So it's coming to Switch, mobile, and PC. So keep an eye out for the almost gone. You can uh, you can check out the trailer and screenshots on thinkingguns.net. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and lastly. Uh, is Ghost Runner. So Ghost Runner kind of blew up this week. You might remember we talked about it a couple of months ago uh, after it did a couple of showings at PAX and blew everyone away before the world shut down. Um, and now everyone else has heard about it. <laughs> everyone else has caught up, up about Ghost Runner. It's the game that looks like Blade Runner meets uh, Mirror's Edge. Uh, you play as like a cyborg ninja. It's coming from 3D Worlds. Um, there is a demo currently available on that you can play on Steam, but it's only until the 13th of May. So um, go and give that a look. And also, if you head to fingerguns.net, there will be a write-up about that demo on the website, probably by the time this podcast goes up. Um, and that is Ghost Runner. So check that out. It's coming out soon. And that was the Indie Corner. All right. Thanks, man. Pleasure. Some cool games. The Almost Gone looks so cool. Really looking forward to that. Really does. Um, Paul, have you watched the trailer yet? I have. What do you think? I just remembered that I did watch it originally. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. That's that's an in-game engine trailer, isn't it? Mm, most definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks great. I, for some reason, I'm, I'm not particularly excited by it. I think we had this discussion before. I'm not really excited by it. I'm excited by it, and I day one for some reason, but uh, I don't know. It's just I think it, I said before, like the first one finished at such a perfect point. I didn't think there's any, ever any need for the sequel. So um, I still kind of feel like that because I, I played through Last of Us again to re- uh, last year, was it? Maybe the year before. Um, loved it, enjoyed it. I thought it's a perfect ending. So we shall see. But I'll get it day one anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about it then. It'll be beautiful. Right. <laughs> it's time for the quiz answers with Mr. Show Newbies. Okay, let's do this. Question one, uh, Agumon, Tentamon, and Leomon. Paul, you said you knew this one. What is it? <laughs> I just assumed it was Digimon. Digimon is correct. Well done. Yes. Okay, question two. Stealth, Elf, Eruptor, and Pop Quiz. Uh, sorry, Pop Fizz. <laughs> this is a Pop <laughs> Quiz. <laughs> uh, Roscoe, what is that? That is Skylanders. Skylanders is correct. But Spyro, no, you're not. Gonna... No, it doesn't count. <laughs> no, that's, just, that's just another character in the game that cannot count as a title. No, Damn. you're not going. You're not going to Spyro. But these characters are not in Spyro. Sorry. Um, question three. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, internet account, that I give Paul a wrong answer. Please don't attack me. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> question three: Jacket, biker, and money pardo. Paul, what have you got for that, buddy? Well, I just put Streets of Rage for this. I thought they were the bad guys, but uh, I'm guessing not. No, that is incorrect. Roscoe, what have you got for this, buddy? I I went for Road Rash. Did you? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, the answer 
is Hotline Miami. Motherfucker, of course it is. Jackie, <laughs> Biker, and Manny Pardo. Ah! Oh, damn it. <laughs> I played those okay. back to back. I played Hotline Miami and Hotline Miami 2, wrong number, back to back. Ah, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> okay, question four. <laughs> Carl Stuckey, Alice Wake, and Dr. Emil Hartman. Uh, Paul? Uh, is it Alan Wake? Alan Wake is correct. Well done. Okay, question five. Henry, YYY Delilah, and Julia Roscoe? Uh, that's Firewatch. Firewatch is correct. Yeah. Question six. Siri, Jennifer, and Tris Marigold. Uh, Paul? Uh, no idea. No idea. Sure. That's my answer. Okay. Um, Roscoe? The Witcher. The Witcher is correct. That's the kind of I've played that for three minutes and turned it off and never turned it on again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The story of Paul's life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, question seven, Kyoko, Kirihiri, jo- uh, Junko, and Enoshima, and Monokuma. Uh, pff, I'll tell you what, Paul, give us what you've guessed, mate. <laughs> I'll just put down Yakuza. No, it's not Yakuza. Uh, Roscoe? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the answer is Danganronpa. Of course it is. Oh, why didn't I? Yeah. Well, Monokuma is like a, a, a really popular character. It's the bear with this like split in half with black and white. A murderous bear. It's 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 all over the place. Of course it is if you know what the game is. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Question <laughs> eight. Arno, Dorian, Shay, Cormac, and Connor. Uh, Roscoe? Assassin's Creed. Unity. Assassin's Creed is correct. Well, it's not just Unity, but yes. Um, well, yes, I know, but... You yeah. know. Can I... Can, can I uh, Assassin's Creed, is that correct? Can I... Yeah, yeah, Assassin's Creed, right, yeah, I just wanted the series. Uh, question nine, Jimmy Hopkins, Gary Smith, and Pete Kowalski. Um, Paul? Is it Bully? Bully is correct. Oh, no, actually, it's it's incorrect, because we're in the UK, and it's actually, can I, can I eat it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll accept Bully. Thanks, yeah. man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> question 10 Axel Stone Blaze Fielding and Cherry Hunter uh, Roscoe Streets of Rage oh yeah yeah that's correct Streets of Rage <laughs> is correct splendid okay if you wouldn't mind totting up your scores 1 Digimon 2 Skylanders 3 Hotline Miami 4 Alan Wake 5 Firewatch 6 Witcher 7 Danganronpa 7 Assassin's Creed 8 Bully 10 sorry 9 Bully 10 Streets of Rage. So, how did we do? Roscoe? Eight. Eight. <sighs> Bitch. Paul? Seven. Seven. That was so close. Oh, I've won one, finally. First time for ages. Well done, Roscoe. Yay! Well done, Ross. Can, can, we, talk, can we talk about how both of you moaned about how, how that quiz and you both got really high marks? <laughs> I didn't I didn't technically moan about that one. It was just a couple that were like, you know, obviously ridiculous. Well, you know, you know that none of us play JRPGs except for Greg, and he's not here. Right? Again, going back to our bias towards Greg, right? Mm. All right. Where's your juice paper? Where's the sad department? I need it now. <laughs> also, you know, quiz isn't just for us; it's also for the listener. 
Exactly. I, I got I got to keep remembering that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, let let us know if you did partake what you what your score was, and if you could beat Roscoe. Uh, I think eight is a very good score. Thanks, man. And and in, in a really tough quiz, so well done. Thank you. And it means I don't have to use this tiebreaker. Huzzah! Hey. <laughs> hey. And let's move on to out this week and out this week. I guess the big one is Star Wars Episode One Racer. It's coming back, and it's coming on May the twelfth to Switch and PS4. So if you want to get back in at your pod racing, that is pod racing, my friends. I'm very excited about it. Uh, May twelfth also sees the release of Hunt Down on PS4, PS4, Xbox One. This is a going to be a big one. Uh, Greg's been playing it. You'll see his review this week on the website. On May the thirteenth, we see Super Mega Baseball Three coming to Switch and PC. Uh, there's a game called Emma Lost in Memories which is coming on May the 11th to PS4 and PS Vita yay it's not being forgotten after all Iron Fury is coming out on May the 14th uh, another review of that is also coming up soon on fingerguns.net so don't miss that and yeah The Eternal Castle is also available on Switch in North America this week so don't miss that either right then that is the end of this week's Finger Guns Podcast. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. It's been a treat, as ever. Don't forget to follow us over at, at FNGRGNS on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash fingerguns.uk. You can follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns.net, all one word. You can follow our individual Twitter accounts in the handles in the description below. Thank you very much indeed for listening. We'll be back next week with more gaming goodness. But until then, it is goodbye from Mr. Paul Collett. Toodles. Oh, sorry, Sean. Oh. Uh, goodbye for Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Until next time, this has been the Finger Guns Podcast. Yeah.